Come on. I'm going to get around that one. <laughs> Give me my obstacle. It means you're on the right path, man. <laughs> That's sucks, fact. But when you get past it. Miami doing what you do, you like, I love Dom. I think that's part yeah. of my problem. Well, not just mine. I think we talked about it. Um, Les Brown. Oh, no, Tony Tony Robbins. It's like most people. Because if he's talking, we ain't picking up nothing. You feel what I'm oh. saying? You're talking. We we live. If oh, we, we talk, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We cool. Yeah, we do that all the time. But when you're talking, if he's talking now, we, we just, yeah. nobody can hear him. So most people, right? Is is I think Tony Robbins saying the, pro- the biggest problem is that we think we shouldn't have any, and that's where a lot of us get into it, the expectation that we shouldn't have any. So when we run up on them, we like, I don't know what to do, or you get in your emotions and all that other stuff, as opposed to sitting back and saying, Oh, I'm a problem solver. No, I mean that's 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 hundred percent correct. I mean you got to enjoy all of it. You know you want we all want the fruits. We all want to walk into Harris Cedar and grab the apples. You know, somebody had to plant that tree. Somebody had to fertilize it. You know, fertilizer stinks sometimes. You ain't using nitrates, you're using manure. Yeah. You know, so you got to get used to all of that part in order to get to the fruits, which is what we all want. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a good podcast. Yeah, know. already. Micah, so I know y'all hit a new voice, right? Micah's <laughs> one of my uh, my favorite people. Let's uh, let's open it up to hold on. Yeah, we... we we always use a lot of his quotes up here. Yeah, and I mean, it depends on, and depending on what you believe in, um, I think that, I told somebody earlier today, we all want the tree in Johnny Apple, we all, we all want it like in Paul Bunyan form, but we get it in Johnny Appleseed form. You know what I mean? When God give you something, he give you a seed, he don't never give you like, here's 20 fields of crops. And be like, nah, he gave you 20 fields of seeds and you complaining because it's raining too much. You don't get it. You don't get it. That's a... That's a, that's a that's a damn good quote. Mm-hmm. Y'all cursing this part? Yeah, man. Speak your mind. All right. Absolutely. Let's get it. I got a bad bitch from Vogue. Told her strike a pose. Step to the side and look at them thighs. That bitch beautiful. I got a Lambo, two doughs. Two seaters, two hoes. Yokohama's no Vogue. Man, that bitch beautiful. Champagne fountains. Crib in the mountains. Two mile long driveway. Man, that hoe. Yeah, I got right. a condo up in the sky. Before I fake it, I die. Right. The difference is normally everybody that's below. You know, if you got a big organization, chances are you got idiots below you to make mistakes. Cost you everything versus in a business. Yeah. But them same idiots can cost you in business too, though. That's funny. I actually did an interview with a CEO of a company, and with him as a CEO, his thing was. I think as a CEO, he told me, I said, what book are you reading? Because I ask everybody I interview with, what book are you reading? Uh-huh. I forget the exact book, but it was like, he's like, I get real deep into these old, like, uh, crime mob families and how the boss ran everything. And I mean, he seemed like a really general nice guy, but I'm like, that means you run your business like that if that's how you feel, because you see the business in it. And, yeah. and business, I think sometimes, and depending on what you believe in, once again, but business a lot of times, business is a tool, business is an instrument. Mm-hmm. And some people run it a little bit sharper than others. Um, and I think everything has its pros and its cons, but you can't take anything personal in business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo. Want to welcome everybody. Hope you're having a good one. It's a Digital Cigar Lounge podcast where there's always a seat reserved, especially for you. Pour yourself a glass of something nice. Light one up and join us in conversation. We're your co-hosts. I'm Jeremiah. This is Eugene. Hazy P. And we got a special guest in the building. Hey, everybody. Mike Will in the building. Appreciate you guys inviting me on to the Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like I was saying, 
Mike is one of my favorite people. Um, he is an entrepreneur extraordinaire. He's a hustler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, you know co-host of the Business Stir Fry Podcast. Right. Business Stir Fry Podcast. Definitely a hustler. Uh, you know, going through the ebbs and flows of life. But yeah, loving it, man. I CEO. Love, I love the hustle. <laughs> Founder of Coo Coffee. The definition of Mike Will made it. <laughs> Mike Will made On it. For real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made it. Lost it all trying to get that <laughs> shit. Man. Yo, so I've I've quoted this brother on this podcast uh you know several several times over it's one of those situations where like micah and i would have regular conversations and i would have a notepad mm-hmm. <laughs> and i would be taking notes on the regular shit that he'd be talking that about man yeah embellishing like crazy Checks nah micah you definitely drop jewels man even when i check your podcast out i'm always picking up little tidbits from here here and there from you too as well man, yeah, man so I appreciate that that's why we wanted to bring you on man uh you know the topic of the day is uh entrepreneurship and you being, you know, sort of a guru in that space, you know, we wanted to bring somebody that can really touch on it to, to give our listeners a, some insight on, you know, what they can do to help grow their business, start a business, and everything in between. He said embellishment. Embellishment ain't nothing but marketing, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all it is. That's all it is. And, I mean, I love talking about it. Like, I love, like, the, the hustle, the game, the flow, you know, sales in general. Like, it don't matter to me. Like, some people, like, Man, I you know I, I sell you know just for this telecommunications company or I I hustle this product or you know I was in the streets and they take pride in the product. Mm-hmm. You got to take pride in, in your craft. You know mm-hmm. the, the art of being a hustler is knowing that you could drop me into any situation, any city, any time. I'm gonna meet the go getters there. I'm gonna find out what moves there, and I'm gonna make it pop. Right. You know, and that's what you do when you get on a job. You know, you go mm-hmm. to a job. You know, because that's the first hustle. For most of us, sadly, is that we've been taught go get a good education. Mm-hmm. We, we're all at this table, highly educated individuals. Mm-hmm. Go get a good education, then what? Go then get go a, get a job. Go get a good job. Yeah, go <laughs> work for a, somebody else. Go, go work yeah. for somebody else. And we we're in the process of trying to break that mindset of like, nah, we we go getters, man. If you're a go getter, yeah. go get it for yourself. Right. And and we now are at a space where we have the technology and the resources. At, at our fingertips to be able to do that. You know, back when we, you know, we're all a little bit older, yeah. but we didn't always have access to those resources. Now you have the resources to do so much right at the, you know, in the palm of your hand every single day. So I think, you can reach so much more people. I think it's interesting how, um, to Michael's point, saying, you know, you go get the degree. And, you know, I, I'm somebody who's went and got my degree and then got my master's in business and all of that. Um, I will say two things. First is that, Everything that they teach you in school is nothing like the actual application, right? Right? <laughs> right? We're teaching you business. That's like teaching you survival skills, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, I taught you how to survive a tiger, but now it's a, it, I mean, it's a bear. It's yeah. a bear coming in. Exactly. Um, but to his point, I think maybe we can kind of go over like that, that Rich Paul rule that the NCAA recently dropped down, where they basically said agents, if they want to manage the kids coming out of NCAA into the NBA, they need to have a degree. Okay. And that was really, a lot of people saw that. I think Chris Broussard, you know, NBA yeah. analyst said that was racist because it's a lot of people who don't have resources to that, but they can still, I mean, look at Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, he went he went to Harvard, you know what I mean? But he dropped out. Right. You know what I mean? A lot of these smart people, Steve Jobs, I mean, we can name all the billionaires and trillionaires and millionaires of the world. Most of them didn't finish school because they realized that that was a business as well. Exactly. And, and that's the, that's the big mis- misconception, right, is that school is about you getting an education when really they realize, hey, we, there's a lot of money to be made by sending these kids to school. So that's what they've done. You you see so many that's advertisements now. Yeah, it's the hustle. That's, the hustle. that's become the hustle, yeah. you know, selling education or selling formal education per selling se. Selling a dream. Selling a dream, exactly. Even, Paul, you mentioned this. Uh, we talk, had a conversation about your daughter and looking at private schools Whew. and what the cost was, Whew. right? It's cheaper, you know, we're in the tech space. It's cheaper for me to go to UNC Charlotte and major in data data analytics than it is to send my four-year-old, five-year-old daughter to private daycare, private school. Yeah, so that, that tells a lot. What, that and, tells a lot. Not to mention, you know, they're still not going to teach her anything about finances, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know. Just life, those life skills. Life skills. Yeah. A lot of things that I'm like, well, you taught me social studies. You lied about it. That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. But you teach me these things that, like, I still haven't tried to figure out, like, what's a what's the Pythagorean theory on making a dollar? <laughs> you know what I mean? No doubt. No doubt, man. Yo, uh, back, back in the day, you know, some years ago, uh, Micah and I, 
sat next to each other at the job. And Micah will always be in his entrepreneur bag. You know, and at the time, I was just, yeah, I got a good job. I was just thankful for the good job. I mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I didn't really understand everything that he was saying. He was kicking super passionate game about working for yourself. And I'm like, yo, man, we, we doing all right, though. Right, we right. We was crushing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we thought we were. We thought we were. We thought we were. But, you know, if you don't own your own, as, as a great philosopher once said, you can't be free. You right. Can't be free. <laughs> A, a great philosopher also said, I can sell ice in the winter, fire in hell. I'm a hustler, baby. I can sell water to a whale. <laughs> Funny enough, that same great philosopher <laughs> recently just inked a deal with the NFL. <laughs> no, no, this is the same philosopher that just said not long ago, I said no to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't perform at the Super Bowl, I exactly. I said no. <laughs> you say? don't need me. I, you don't, you don't, I don't need you. You, you need, need me, me, right? For the listeners then, who are unaware, we're talking about Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've been living under the rock for the past 15 years. Or you're the great philo- <laughs> Jeremiah. The philo- philosopher. philosopher. <laughs> Jeremiah. Philosophical beast. Jeremiah. <laughs> but it's, Jeremiah. it's very... It's very <laughs> The, the Grecian, the Egyptian, the Gre- Grecian <laughs> philosopher Jeremiah. See, y'all, y'all must have this. To the podcast. Also known as communist. Um, <laughs> no, but that's great. Get, get me back from a week of trolling, man. Oh, guy, man, oh yo, my god! This man got me on a suit on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. <laughs> I was like, who is looking it? Like, looking like uh, <laughs> Captain Morgan. <laughs> Terrible, man. Friends like these. Yeah, man. But um, to that point, that deal that he made, I think I heard a lot of like flack about that. I think we get into a lot of times when we talk about that great <laughs> philosopher, philosopher yeah. uh, Jay-Z, and how the deals that he makes, I don't know why, but they get a lot of flack in the black community. Oh, he's not doing it. Kind of like how they did Obama, right? You didn't do enough for us. Right. Okay, fine, right? But what his what this deal has kind of put him in, in a position of being, I think it's like social and entertainment. Um, I can't think of the word. I don't think it's consultant. But it's a partnership, basically, between mm-hmm. Rock Nation, his company, yeah, and the NFL. And it comes from a perspective of kind of, to me, it just seems like, if I boiled it down, like the black voice. You know what I mean? Because it was a lot of turmoil last year and the year before in regards to the Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee and things of that nature. And I think he's coming in to kind of improve so they understand the voices yeah. coming from the black community and so maybe some of the things that they should think about before they pass down judgment and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, the really thing that I like about him and like Micah says about a hustler is he also tied it into the entertainment part. So he's st- he also is like basically the producer oh, for the, the Super Bowl. Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the halftime so show. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to fix this, but y'all going to pay me, too. Exactly. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What I really loved about it is Roger Goodell went to Jay-Z. Mm. You know, that, that's, a, know that. that's a power move right there. Like, yeah. He didn't go down to the NFL office. The NFL commissioner mm. had to come to him. And that's honestly, that's the way it should be. If, if, mm. if I'm the billionaire... You're still the employee of billionaires. Hey, isn't that one of the 48 laws of power? There you go, brother. You know That's, where I'm going. I know where you're going with it. <laughs> you, you have to come. You have to come to me mm-hmm. for this, right? And I, and I like that. And of course, you won't hear that part of the story. What you'll hear is, you know, Jay Z, the former rapper, has a, a deal with the NFL to produce the halftime show, mm-hmm. which sort of diminishes everything that he's accomplished. Right. The same thing that we get. Um, Byron Allen Like if you know me You know I, I get real upset When people call Byron Allen A comedian A comedian yep. Like are, mm-hmm. you, are you kidding me this, 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 There's nothing funny About this guy anymore mm-hmm. You know Unless you're his kids Where he, you're flying around Private I'm sure At this right. point mm-hmm. You know as, Like a car So like no, nah, I, I, I like that power play That That is something that Let me ask you a question Yeah <clears throat> On that uh, Like in that vein So all of it is chess right Yeah Strategy Yep So does this change the narrative on behalf of the NFL as well, though? Because before it was Jay Z denouncing them and rejecting the offer to perform yeah. at the half show, at yeah. the halftime show, and now it's a it's a it's a partnership. So does that now lift the NFL inadvertently? Oh man! All right. So let me tell you why this question is so great. Is because we, as everyday lay people, right? Like we're 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 trying to get to the point where we are master strategists self-mastery, we're bosses, we're producers. You have a group of billionaires that's trying to play a billionaire, mm-hmm. right? So to your point, this is a game of chess. Right. Jay-Z's on one side of the board. Mm-hmm. 
NFL billionaires on the other side of the board. Yeah, they're all they're they're both trying to win. So to your point, yeah, the NFL most definitely is looking at Jay Z and saying, you know what, this is going to get us out of a lot of our Kaepernick quagmire. Yep. And Jay Z on the is on the other side saying, you know what. I'm going to find a way to get Kaepernick in here some kind of way. <laughs> so you know that's what he's thinking. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, it's like, it's the long game. Like, you know, we live in a society, mm-hmm. publicly traded companies. We're, we're three months in, and then what you got? Three mm-hmm. months in, what you got? You know, mm-hmm. if you're a salesperson, it's worse than that, right? Yeah. Every 30 days, what Starting you got? Over. <laughs> yeah. Starting over. Absolutely. Right. When you're at this high level, you're you're looking at what is your 10-year plan, right? right. Like what's your 20-year plan? What's your lifetime plan? Mm. And I think at their level of billionaires, they're look they're not in it for next season. Mm-hmm. They're both trying to win a five to seven year period there. And I think that's the mindset shift that a lot of us need to try to come to when it's about tackling entrepreneurship. You know, like this morning I, I, I got, it was a story that I told of this monk shows up at this monastery. He's an older monk, and the younger monk is like, man, I'm so sorry we have so many stairs here. And he's like, well, there's a lot of stairs where I come from. Mm-hmm. He was like, I just count them as I go up. Mm-hmm. And as he starts walking up the stairs, he's like, one, one, one. Mm-hmm. There's no task too daunting for this man because he's not looking at the 5,200. Right. He's, he's looking at the one, mm-hmm. one step in front of the other. Right. I love it. Yeah, that's that's amazing, that's like man. That elephant, right? You yeah, the elephant one one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. You guys listen to you guys watch Atlanta. I love yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Love the show. Mm-hmm. Great show. So if you pay attention to the show, there's a lot of like hidden stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You got kind of just like the "This Is America" video that yep. Childish Gambino came. There's a lot mm-hmm. of hidden stuff you got to watch it over and over. Right. One particular part that I really like from season one to season two, to your point, um, is there's a moment, right? Because we talk about that short term. Mem- that short-term type of thinking. Um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, Earn's uh, friend, not not his cousin. The oh, one the, the skinny dude, the skinny guy. Uh, Girls love him right now without a shape. I up. can't I think of his name, name right man, now. but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but there's a point where they go to sell. Like Earn's got so much so much money, right? And he goes to flip a sword. Like somehow he comes up the on sword. a sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to get the sword. He's trying to get the sword to flip. Well, no, he was just trying to get cash in. Yeah. And his friends tell him, buy the sword. Trust me, we can we can sell the sword for right. something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, You sure? He's like, okay. So they buy the sword. He trades the sword for dog. Uh, a dog. A dog. I yeah. think the dog was Priest of Canario. I, I mean the dog. So yeah. it, it's a very nice Italian dog, maybe a three thousand dollar dog. It, it, it's a what? Priest of Canario. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. Okay. It's like a Mastiff, but a little bit more refined. Oh, okay. <laughs> Think Sandlot with tea and crumpets. Um, but the dog, so you at the end of the thing, whatever, they take it to a guy, and Ern basically has put all his money into the dog, and mm. the guy gives the dog to the man. And Ern, like, there's a moment where Ern's like, he's pissed. He's yeah. mad. He is like, what the hell are you talking about? I told you I need money. And Now. he's like, this is an investment. And he was like, I'm black. I don't need, I said, I don't have money for investments. I have money. I got bills. Right? That's that short term, which I think the, the bigger play is investments. Yeah. Right? We don't have time for investments in the black community. They, 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 I think that's what he was saying. And then season two comes along. It's episode two, you done forgot about everything. And the guy comes in and drops four grand in his hand. <laughs> He's like, where did this come from? Remember the dogs? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is yeah. A, we got to get out of that right. day-to-day looking yeah. at it. Like, you take each step one at a time. Yeah. But we don't look for instant gratification to get paid right then and there. No, I'm yeah. going to jump in, though, and say that that's not an easy, you know, like, level of foresight to be able to, to, to possess. You know, like, that takes an extraordinary amount of discipline. You know, like when Micah would have these conversations about entrepreneurship, it was it always seemed daunting to me, you know, but like the level of ease that he would speak it, mm-hmm. you know, like I always took note of it. So because of that, I say that I'm the, the guy who, if I'm gonna, I lay the brickwork, you know, if I'm building a pyramid, like I just focus on laying each brick, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I lay each block, with integrity. I think Will Smith said something similar to mm-hmm, that, right? Mm-hmm. And my end goal is to be able to look up someday and say, yo, I did that. I built this whole pyramid, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, it, and it's symbolic to me uh, that in honor of my accomplishment, Micah, on the other hand, just, just to reference him, he's a dude who looks at the finished pyramid and says, I'm going to build that shit. 
Yeah. You know, he sees the pyramid already. Yeah, he sees yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? So to Paul's point, like it, you kind of have to learn to be able to see that far out, you know? Yeah. And I think a part of the problem is that that's, but that comes from an early age. Like in our community, we're not taught these things. We're taught to go to school. Mm-hmm. As you said earlier, get it, get a good job. And we totally forget about the process it takes to build businesses. These companies that we're working for are just businesses that someone started it in their garage. Yep. We could do the same thing if we just knew from the beginning, hey, it's as easy as going out there and just doing it and laying that first brick, right? Like you say with Will Smith, he said he, mm. his dad made him tear a wall down, mm. and then he looked up a year and a half later and he had a whole wall. Mm-hmm. But he built it one brick at a time. That's the thing I like about the show. The show in itself is because that concept, if I explain to you investments, you're going to say you're crazy. But if I show you that how that goes, then the next thing you're like is like, well, what investment should I get into? And I think that we should do a better job. And I think that's what we're doing here today by having those who have invested and got that that payoff, like Micah. Um, and in in here, let's not let's not shortchange. There's a lot of entrepreneurs in here right now. You know, say out of the four of us, yeah. there's three in a consultant. You know what I mean? Which yeah. in itself is business. Well, you, you, that's yeah. still an entrepreneur. Though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to tell people what to do and then pay me for it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> still an entrepreneur, but man. But to that point, if you get that more basic situation, that's what you can do. I'm a, uh, on that note. I'm gonna play a, a clip. Uh, one of the things that helped me transition into being more entrepreneurial minded, mm-hmm. you know, is how can I monetize like myself? Okay. You know, and uh, I'm gonna play this clip from Power. Uh, I think it's season one. Ghost talking to what was the name? Uh, uh, Simon. Simon. There you yeah. go. Yeah. African-Americans and Latinos have begun to have real purchasing power and are dictating the marketplace, not just influencing it. How do you get the blacks and the Latins to show up night after night and behave? Mixing with the club kids and the socialites, and, and on top of that, take my Cynthia Sheridan business. Guys with your background usually open clubs uptown or in Brooklyn and open and close within a week. Not you. What's your secret? No details, just your philosophy. There is no secret. Just me. I don't follow. Well, I'm a black man from the hood. Most of the guys I came up with are either dead or in jail. I live in the penthouse of my building, above the lawyers and doctors trying to get into my club. See, people take you at face value, Simon. Me? Well, I have to transform to meet everyone's expectations constantly. Truth isn't one thing because I'm not one thing. You understand? I take all my experiences and use them to cater all different kinds of people under one roof. Whether it's the black professional athlete ordering his next bottle of Ciroc or whether it's the Wall Street motherfucker getting blackout drunk on the company's dime, I understand him. I get him. And because I get him, I get him. And because I get them, I get rich. I get rich. <laughs> I was. Yeah, no, nah, that's real. I remember you shared that uh, that clip with me a while ago. I remember seeing that clip, but I remember you you bringing it up and saying how it spoke to you. Mm-hmm. And I and I actually saved it, and it's something that I kind of play from time to time to remind myself. Hey, it's up to me. It's up to you. You're the one that makes your business what it is. Like you're the brand, right? That's that's what we see in the marketplace today, in pretty much uh, with social media, is that mm-hmm. everyone is their own brand, right? I mean, social media gives you the ability to brand yourself, and multiple times in multiple different areas, right? And you that's know? the thing about sales, right? I mean, we've all spent some time in sales, and one of the things, you know, each one of these companies will tell you, we got this different, and we got this different, and we got that, mm-hmm. and they all like trying to build a different mousetrap. And at the end of the day, what you really learn is it's really the salesperson at the end of the day because if you purchase here, you can't purchase there. Like, who I am, you can't get me over there. So if you really like me, good luck. You mm. know what I mean? Indeed. So, so Micah, let, let's, uh, you know, being that you're the, 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 the guru, what's the first brick? For, for someone who's oh, maybe just, just getting started or thinking about starting a business, they have an idea and they don't really know where to start, what would you say is the first brick that they need to focus on laying in order to get started the first thing you got to do is is accept like accept tomorrow like that tomorrow could be different from today because mm-hmm. we always you know we we always find it daunting mm-hmm. like you know even though we'll walk into a marriott 
right? Like <laughs> that's somebody's last name. We'll turn on <laughs> cable TV with Comcast. That's mm-hmm. a freaking family. We'll go shop at Wall freaking Mart. But we, for some reason, we we'll believe that we can't do it as if these people are brighter than you. Mm-hmm. And, and to anybody that's listening right now, if you like, man, these people are, are, are super intelligent, just go to your job tomorrow and look at your boss and tell me <laughs> it's your boss <laughs> smarter than you. <laughs> everybody everybody listening is going to be like, my boss is a fucking idiot, right? <laughs> that's who are running these companies, a yeah. bunch of fucking idiots. That's why, that's why Blockbuster <laughs> doesn't invest into Netflix because yeah. it's a company ran by fucking idiots. Yeah. So if you want to start a business, like, man, look, I, I remember one morning I left, I was driving out, I was pulling out, and it was this Ford F-150 like Predator. Like, it's like my favorite truck, man. It's like a $60,000, $70,000 truck. Mm. More if you add all the amenities yeah, and shit. Yeah, right. And it was wrapped. <laughs> and it was wrapped by somebody who was scooping dog poop. Mm. That was the business. Mm. They would come and scoop the dog poop out of your backyard. Yeah. They're pushing a $70,000 vehicle. Anything can work, guys. Right. The worst idea you have is probably the business that's going to be a billion dollar business. You know, uh, and, and to that, you were asking, Micah, what's the, you know, the first brick? Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, he would say frequently to me in the beginning of, uh, of doing business was, yo, you make your first dollar, you're officially in business. Mm-hmm. One dollar. One yeah. dollar. Yeah. You know, and that's a life hack. Yeah. yeah. That was a life hack for me. Yeah. You know? One dollar. It's. It's crazy that you even use the analogy of Best Buy. I mean, not Best Buy, Blockbuster, Blockbuster and yeah. Netflix, because one of the cases that we did in grad school <laughs> was talking about that. And do you know, and I know 95% of people probably don't even know this, there was a time where Blockbuster had the opportunity to go streaming. Now, we all know if you're of a certain age, <laughs> had they done it, mm-hmm. we're looking at Amazon too, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. they would have had everything. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But do you know why they didn't invest in it and they did not see Netflix as a competitor? No idea. So you guys all remember going in there, smell like popcorn, you sitting in that line Friday night you know, waiting to check out your bills. They said people like the experience of coming into the store and checking out videos. <laughs> They forgot people like uh, convenience. And the thing that Netflix banked on was, because I, I remember reading the article, was that would you, if you had to see a movie, would you rather dress up, go out to the movies? Would you rather dress up, go stand in that line and go get those tapes? Or would you rather sit in your underwear on your couch? And today we have Netflix. <laughs> and, and it's funny you say that because I do remember, and I've heard people say, oh, I, I miss going to Blockbuster looking for the movies. But I hated standing in the line. Yeah. Who wanted to st- it was always a line at, Everything's at Blockbuster. Everything's better in nostalgia. Yeah, but, yeah. but <laughs> you know, when you think about it, you don't want to be standing there. We, we think line. of outhouses no. on Grom Ball's farm. Like, man, the wood was so nice. You know, like we, think, everything in nostalgia. Think about the great. purple tape. Yeah, The purple tape, when you think about the purple tape, it's like mixtape days. Like, that's, yeah, that's, I don't want to go back and listen no, to... That's uh, Wu-Tang... Uh, for the listeners, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I think everybody knows these Wu Tang. The Raekwon, the Raekwon album. I'm reading from Talk the Wu Tang manual. Man. The, the Why Wu-Tang was the purple manual, tape man. so important? Come on, man, it's a classic. That wasn't the only reason. There was something to that too. It was because oh, oh, it was marketing, though. Exactly, it was marketing. Yeah, it was exactly because that used to be the thing to be the first one with the hotness. Right, and that was that first thing, and it was purple, and it differentiated themselves from the market. So everybody, the purple tape, and so. 25 years later, we're still talking about the purple tape. At least I am still talking about the purple tape. <laughs> and, and now they sell vinyl records, right? There's these companies, yeah. and vinyl records don't take, cost them nothing to right. make now. Right. And they're charging you $40 for the player and $20 for the thing. And you only have it in your house for nostalgia, for nostalgia because yeah. you're going to cut the check. And once, they, once you buy it, they've I'll, made their dollar I want one. and they in business. I, yeah. I, I want one. I do too as well, yeah. but that's, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I mean, yeah. Off soapbox, I want one too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to that point though, I mean, it's tons of, it's tons of bad ideas out there and sometimes we get, you know, we get turned off by the ideal of failure and that, mm-hmm. that has to be part of the process and, and it sucks, right? Like you hate doing something and then at the end of it, it's garbage and it's crap, but that is part of the process of the process. You know what they say, you know, progress, not perfection. You know, you, you have to move forward. You going back to the Netflix example, one of the uh, executives for Netflix ended up creating movie pass, right? Which was, mm. which was a terrible idea. Like <laughs> we talked about the terrible idea. Was a good yeah. idea. Yeah. He got people to pour hundreds of millions of dollars into his company, but it was a terrible idea because 
it allowed people to go to the movies for ten dollars or twenty dollars a month, yeah. unlimited. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're thinking that it's some like high end. They're getting the tickets for cheap, and right. they've negotiated these deals, which would have been the smart. The, the most apparent thing to do, right? We're all salespeople. Mm-hmm. $20 a month, hey, I could bring you X amount of people. I need you to cut me, you know, this kind of deal for this. You're going to make X off of concessions. Yeah. And, and, and I'm hope we're not saying that in hindsight. I, I think we're actually saying that as salespeople. Yeah. These idiots was actually buying the full price tickets for the client. <laughs> it, was, it was a terrible idea. Yeah. They ran out of money. They, they're bankrupt. So... Mm-hmm. You're gonna is that you're gonna hit bumps along the way is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say, and you can't let those things deter you. Yeah, yo. So uh, how how much do you think social media has changed the landscape of how we do business? <sighs> so I'm one of those people that I don't think people really change. I think technology changed. Mm-hmm. I don't think people ever really changed. Like I think everybody who flaunts on social media. Mm-hmm. They were fl- they would flaunt in 1999. You know mm-hmm. they have they they're the popular kids, right? Like they're the cool kids. They're the kids that's gonna make sure everybody sees them at lunch. You know when we have an assembly and a pep rally, they're the kids who're gonna come in last and walk all the way across the gym to have 1,200 people look at them and be like, <laughs> look at those shoes. And I think we experience the same thing because I know I get the same annoyance mm-hmm. <laughs> when I see it on social media that yeah. I would back in high school. So to your point, I, I think it changed it whereas it makes us visible. Yeah. But I think Facebook and Instagram is getting to the point to whereas we're getting social media fatigue mm-hmm. because you, you can put a lot of work in now on Instagram and Facebook and not receive the return that you would have had five years yeah, ago. Yeah, you see the difference now. The algorithms have definitely yeah, changed because they the want way. you to pay for advertising. Right, you know, right. They're, they're a business. Yeah, they definitely so, changed the way things are in navigating this, on there. In the eras before this one, you know, like, uh, would you agree that the advice was for businesses to appeal, like, to the masses? You know, on that, I'm going to say I don't know. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to, on that one, I have to defer to somebody else that have a higher okay. level of expertise. What what I do know is that when I was younger, the reason I became a salesperson is I originally hated sales. Mm-hmm. All right. So, But I was looking at the people who was able to, you know, manage their time, manage, you know, their money. Um, getting off early on Fridays, you know, hanging out at all the the happy hours. They were all salespeople. You know, they were people that was out there crushing it. So I had to learn, like, well, what what are they doing that I'm not doing? Because, you know, I'm young. I'm growing up in the area that I'm growing up in, hanging out with the people that I'm hanging out with. And then you you, you hang out with, with these guys, and you, you realize you're the same people. Mm-hmm. There's no difference in between the two of y'all mm-hmm. except for your product. So... With that being said, right, your product, has there ever been a time where you can have a niche product and it be more successful than it can be today? So, like, with social media, for example, right, like, you can have, it seems like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you can have, you could really, you could tap into a, a niche market and come up. Oh yeah, yeah. Now you you can still do that, but that is still hard work. Like that's okay. that's still not to me. That's not luck. Mm-hmm. Like if someone falls into like you have people that are into like sneakers and they they, they crush it right. Like they'll mm-hmm. find they know what's the best sneaker. They'll know when the shoe drops. Yeah, and, it is. It's really but it's, blown but up. the people who are crushing it are so niched in because they. How you live know, it. man? Only thing you wear is loafers. Hey. I got my sneakers on. Scooby Doo's. Those are shoes, by the way. Yeah, yeah. fall back. Exactly. An- another great line from the philosopher Jay Z. <laughs> Jeremiah's again. <laughs> you know, to that point, that was a good question. I think that one of the things they say is shoes, but one of the things I thought about was Lululemon, right? Mm-hmm. Lululemon is like a woman's clothing. Like they made basically leggings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and then that, that's that what everybody's says wearing now. Most men aren't going to put these on. Right. Most, you know, right? They're going to put on leggings. And they're black, black leggings. Yeah. Like, you can get black leggings anywhere. Yeah. But yet, they're able to charge $110, $120, and people are buying them. Yeah. And it's typically your cash um, uh, soccer mom just trying to run to the gym. The one looks mm. like she does yoga. I, I don't know, man. Do I see everybody, and I hate to cut you off. And Lululemon? Yes. Every, everywhere. Like, <laughs> literally, women, that's all they wear now. They don't even like dressing up. Am, am, am I the only one that's recognizing this? No, but we don't really see <laughs> on an everyday basis. If they're not going to work, they're, they're wearing Lululemons, man. And, and this to is be ridiculous. honest, I'm slightly jealous that I cannot throw on sweatpants yeah. every day to work. 
Because yeah, that's what. When I look at you know women dressed up in leggings every day, I'm like, man, that's so that looks so comfortable. Yeah, but you can you can still be comfortable in the dress. <laughs> I mean, I think. Yo, yo, look, it's too legit. Look, look, he over there. Yo, <laughs> yo, I'm he is saying. over there. He want to say something. We not on that topic, so he don't want he don't want to go too deep in. I'm just gonna leave but it alone. But the bad guy got a different hat on today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just gonna leave it on. <laughs> on, on, on next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Topic general, for another day. Exactly. I mean, in general, their clothes are less. Um, one thing that I we were talking about before the podcast started, we were talking about how. Yeah, I'm gonna call in sick that episode. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> you do this on your own. <laughs> you carry this cross by yourself. Um, but I was watching a documentary, so we talked about how much. Business and entrepreneurship. Business doesn't change. It's a tool. You can use it. But most people see the most salacious or the most grimiest side of it as being like the drug game and things of that yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. Or you can sit here and say different products. I was watching a documentary about honey and the similarities between honey, and, and I want you to talk about this, but the similarities between honey and the drug game are really almost like non-existent. Oh, yeah. So there's this whole thing where China was exporting honey to the U.S., right? You know what I mean? And they're always a thing about having their costs lower so that they can have price lower so that they can uh, overrun the market. There's rules and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff to that, but I'll just keep it simple, right? So the police of honey, so to speak, they keep it a certain, it's got to be a certain purity and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they said, look, this honey is not pure enough. You guys are putting syrup in the honey to cut the honey. Same way like in drugs, they, they take <laughs> baking, baking soda, soda yeah. to cut the coke, right? To make it stretch yeah. so that they can sell more hey, of it, hey, get man, more out of their money. Pretty knowledgeable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Something you want to confess for the podcast? Yeah. I'm, it's business, in a, in a past life. <laughs> it's just business, baby. We Paul, can sell pistols. Paul Chapo. Paul Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at the oh, end of the day, it's man. just business, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a gift in the whole nine. But um, what a Miami too. So once they got in trouble, <laughs> China basically moved it to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Singapore is now exporting honey, and it goes on for a long time. And then they realize, wait, it's the same honey. <laughs> not even that. Singapore don't have enough bees to give the honey that y'all giving. Something ain't right. Come to find out, doing investigation on the barrels. China barrels, same thing as, mm. same thing as a drug dealer moving it to somebody else because his neighborhood different block like somebody else. Yeah, wow. mm-hmm. it's crazy. But I, what I wanted Micah to talk about is talk about how so not, how much business is a tool, and it's not so much what you're selling, but how you sell it and how you create your business model. I, yeah, I mean, so business is the same. Like, I, if, if you're if you can run. Uh, Illegal organization, you can come and run a business. There is no, there's no difference. There's no difference. Would you say that? Would you say that prohibition proves that? Like supports that? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I like. I would say that if you would just make most things legal, you'd probably lose the criminal element. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, I mean, Mm -hmm. criminals are only going to really do. Well, they're only going to commit crime, right? That's the yeah. whole point of yeah. <laughs> being a ER criminal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it>. right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, if you make honey illegal, criminals are going to start, to your point, they're going to start selling honey. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I definitely think it's, it's the same. It's the same mindset. And I think sometimes we, we, we make business too hard. Going in business, you know, like we make it really, really too hard. One of the things that I always stress on my podcast is if you have a product, if you have a service, or if you have an expertise – you can work for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's it. Those are the only three things that, that's really marketable. Product, service, and the expertise. expertise. If you have any one of those things, you can be in business for yourself tonight. Listeners, y'all hear that? Y'all hear that? Like that's that's real right there, man. Like that's simplifying the the, the whole business model right there. Like, yeah. hey, if you have a product, service, or expertise, you can go in business today. Yeah. Especially with the ability to market to everyone with social media. Yeah, I mean, we, we really, like, me and Jeremiah, we'd have a lot of these conversations because we sat next to each other. And, you know, and, and I could see it in his eyes, right? Like, you know, like, man, what, you know, what can I do? And I was like, man, you're really making this entirely way more complicated. Like, you're talking yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you should be talking yourself into it, mm-hmm. you know, like, even with the failure. So, like, I've, I've done really, really well in business, and then I've lost everything. I mean, I'm talking when I say everything, like 
I, I got to pick up the phone and talk to the IRS. Like, I ain't got it. You done went past zero. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I ain't got it. <laughs> can we can we work this out? Can yeah. y'all get it later? Like, what can we do? Like, those that type of, of losses. But once you get that first taste and then you get that second taste, man, you you always, like, whatever number you, you made up to, you know you, you're going to blow past it next time around. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever's the most amount, like, anybody listening, whatever's the most amount you've ever had in your bank account, imagine 10 times that. Because I can guarantee you that if you start the day and you put in a good year's worth of effort, and then, you know, the second year you stay with it, by the time your third, fourth year run around, you're going to be overnight success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say, say it again. You're going to be an overnight success yeah. after your third year. <laughs> your third, fourth year. <laughs> I like the way you put that. It's the, it's the bamboo. It's the bamboo from Les Brown. Man. Right, right, right. The bamboo man, tree. Oh, man, you been it's been five years, man. man. <laughs> Somebody, what around the neighborhood is you? You you planted a bamboo tree. Yeah. Now, I don't see nothing happening. I don't though. see nothing happening though. <laughs> well, you know, for the past four years, I've been watering it. <laughs> Come back in thirty days. Yeah. <laughs> Come back thirty days. I got a twenty foot bamboo bamboo shoot up here, and you're gonna be like, nah, he must have bought that. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. People, that's one thing I want to speak on is that. What everybody else sees, that's what people do. Mm-hmm. When you sell that one dollar, somebody be like, eh, "That's just a dollar." Mm-hmm. Then you sell it five dollars, and they're gonna be like, oh, "Well, he might have just been." And then it's gonna be, "Well, what is what's so different about you?" Or you ain't gonna make it to this. There's always gonna be. Some, and I think me, I, I say people, but I yeah. speak myself. Sometimes I've let that that fear of perfection and that fear of, fa- or rather, trying to be perfect and fear of failure, mm-hmm. for fear of hearing the negative voices mm. take over. Oh, so can man, you speak a little bit yeah. about the the negative voices, not only from others, but inside your head when oh, you're trying to be an entrepreneur? Oh, man. Um, yeah, we, we, we talk about that all the time. We talk about the self-doubt mm-hmm. and why the negative voices are real. So if you're around people that that aren't ballers, they, they aren't hustlers, they, don't, they are not entrepreneurs, you do have to stop telling people what you're doing. Yeah, like, you know the the whole moving silence thing. Mm-hmm. You know that's real. That's not just the not get arrested yeah. <laughs> when you're doing illegal things. Also, in the legal world, you you have to <laughs> really move in silence because the, the self doubt is real, right? Like yeah. I, like I always compare it to you walk down a dark path, and the path is only a hundred feet, and you can see the light at the other end, and you just got to walk down that path, right? You can't see anything else. When you get to the end of that path, and then you turn around, someone flips the light on, and it's it's nothing but cobras. Like, that's all that's in the past. But they were all asleep in between all the rocks that you stepped on. Mm-hmm. But if you make any misstep, you wake the cobras up. Yeah. How many people will walk down that path knowing that? Nobody. None. Nobody will walk down that path. Mm-hmm. So when you're going out there and you're starting a business, you can't see anything. That's by design. Mm-hmm. It's by design to be blinded to everything that can happen. Because if you knew everything that could happen, you're not going to even try. Mm. Damn. That right there, man. That yeah. right there. Yeah, that's why we got him on the podcast today. And, you know, I speak in analogies. You know, I, I love analogies. It just yeah. makes it an easier way for me to get the topic. But when you think about that, because I don't know why in my head, first thing jumped into my head is uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom <laughs> that's, that's, when they in there with the snakes. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, damn, I wouldn't go down there because now I see cobras. <laughs> I don't want to wake the cobra. <laughs> um, but the, the analysis paralysis is real. And I think even in my statement to say, oh, we got entrepreneurs and then I'm a consultant of sorts, comes from a perspective of like, once you set up that commitment, then you have to fulfill that commitment. And you got people around you that's going to hold you to it too. That's Yo, facts. But you know, <laughs> go back to the friendship episode. Bro. Right. You know, what's interesting though, man, is that, you know, everything that we fear, like I, I just posted this, everything that we fear is valid. You know, it's going to happen. When you put yourself out there, you're going to be scrutinized and ridiculed. You know, whatever it is, it's your craft. Somebody is going to tear your craft down and say that it's trash. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody is going to mock all your efforts. It's going to happen. Everything that that we allow to stop us, it's going to happen. You know, but that that is fundamentally a part of standing aside, like standing out from the herd, though. The safest place is blending in. Nobody who's highly successful blends in, though, you mm-hmm. know, not not for real, nah. you know. So they may look, you know, Zuckerberg, for example, may look like any ordinary dude, but clearly he isn't. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve mm-hmm. Jobs, whoever, you know, Warren Buffett can walk in and get coffee in certain neighborhoods. And nobody and would and recognize no one him. would recognize him, but mm-hmm. clearly he's not a part of the flock, though. Yeah. So everything that we fear, you know, it's going to happen. We just have to 
step you know step out there and do it anyway. And it's how great like how great do you want to be? Like we limit ourselves in our greatness. I mean, and and we all do that. I mean, on the day to day, I'll I'll talk to people. And then I had to shut the conversation down because yeah. I see that they've put a ceiling on themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and and where I want to go is is limitless. Like, it's stupid. It's, it's not even something I share because, of course, this is a dumb idea. Of course, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, I will readily admit <laughs> that all my hopes and dreams are crazy. But we fly in our dreams, right? Like, mm-hmm. we do things in our mm-hmm. dreams that's not... It's not practical. Yeah. yeah. So when you want to get out here in this in this business world, like we when we walked into this co-working space, this was somebody's dream. Yeah. You know, we when we drive down the interstate, I mean, that was somebody's dream. You know, so everything that we do, like the, the crazier that it sounds, the more likely it is that it's possible. Mm. There was a day we talked about this. I was having a bad day in sales. You know, you're making cold calls. You get tired of getting hung up on. You're going through it like, oh my god, everybody, fuck you, <laughs> like, man. I'm just trying to make your life better, bro. <laughs> you start arguing with people on the phone. <laughs> Where you live at? <laughs> but um, I wasn't doing that. No, I, that's how it feels though. And I think a lot of people get discouraged in making cold calls. I know myself included. Mm. Nobody, even the greatest cold call people, I think, hate it. Yeah. Right? They, it's not fun. It's not nah, fun. not at all. But I had one of those days, and I was walking around, and I walked around the block uptown Charlotte, and I was looking, and there's a building right across from our building that when I remember when it started, we watched them blow up in the ground because they had to blow up all the rock that was there to pull the rock out of the ground. And they had to start in the negative. They had to start, you know, 300 feet, however many feet it is, 100 feet below Ground surface, level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I look at it and I'm looking at an 18, 20 story building and I looked around the city, I looked at the signs, I looked at the cars, I looked at the road and I realized there's nothing that you see in front of you, including as we look around here, mm-hmm. that was not in somebody's mind. At some, even the people that you see, if you be honest, you <laughs> say you're twinkling somebody's eye. <laughs> like, without the human mind. Twinkling the eye. I think that's the easiest way to make that quote. If you open your eyes, it started in the mind. Whatever you see when you open your eyes started in the mind. I'm going to tie something to that. So 48 Laws, for all those who've read it, there's there's a topic that they cover a lot, the Philosopher's Stone, right? Mm-hmm. Mike, do you do you know the story of the Philosopher's Stone I, and I where it came what, from? So the Philosopher's yeah. Stone essentially was, was a uh, basically this mythical artifact that uh, alchemists were after. And this artifact, you could turn anything to gold. Essentially is what they were looking for. Base metal. Base, Base metal. metal exactly. Gold, yeah. You could turn it to gold. And mm-hmm. what I was thinking about, just, just pondering on that idea, Paul, to your point, the mind is the philosopher's stone. The one thing that everybody has been looking for has always been right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Within them. Yeah. Actually. Well, isn't that a quote, right? The mind itself you is see, the philosopher's stone. It's all what it, it's already been it's it's crazy how how wild the mind is. And when mm-hmm. you say I say I always say like, Oh, that's crazy, stop saying crazy. It's amazing. You say it's amazing. amazing. Because yeah. all it is, is the difference between crazy and amazing is action. Well, yeah, yeah, and crazy itself, we just use that term as a euphemism, right? Yeah. We, we use that just loosely, but we don't really literally mean crazy. Because you right? literally <laughs> mean crazy, well, because of back to that Cobra thing, is a lot of people say, oh, that would be crazy. It's because you can't fathom it. You've right. never seen it. Right. Of course it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean? I, imagine the first guy who made a skyscraper was like, I'm going to make a building that's five stories tall. Right. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, right. You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. That goes back to, uh, you know, Micah's point about moving in silence, though, because people who lack the level of, of imagination necessary, mm-hmm. uh, you know, by default are going to shoot your idea down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I mean, shut up. And we, we limit ourselves <laughs> as, as, as human beings. I, like, I read a story probably a couple of weeks ago of the first speeding ticket that was ever given out. It was like mm. before the 1900s, like in the 1890s. First car was was being driven, and the car had just been developed, mm. and humans had already put a speed limit on how fast the car can go through town. And the speed limit was two and a half miles per hour. <laughs> that was the speed limit. The car was going four miles per hour. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Guess how he pulled the car over? He ran it down. With, on a horse. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we thought, we thought that that was... <laughs> Michael, I just got one question for you. How did they clock that? <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably walking next to it is, is, is what I'm imagining, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so think about that. We 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 put a limit on ourselves, like before it was even an opportunity yeah. to mm-hmm. put a limit on ourselves. Yeah, and that's how humans think. Mm-hmm. And 
being an entrepreneurship, the first thing that we always discuss is mindset shift. You got to You actually, you got to everything you've been taught. You just got to throw it in the trash. Mm-hmm. And then you got to just go with the wild and the crazy and the ridiculous and then surround yourself with a bunch of people who believe in the wild and the crazy and the ridiculous. And then once you do that, you will start evolving your thought and mm-hmm. you'll start being around people to be like, man, I was thinking about this and they'll not ridicule it. They'll add to it. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, man, did you consider this? Have you thought about this? Yeah. So we're getting we're getting to the to, to the close. I, I hate that we gotta you know come kind of bring us to a close. But I was gonna say Ugh. final thoughts. That was good. Final thoughts, man, on, on entrepreneurship. I mean, anybody in the room. Final thoughts on only because we gotta wrap it up. Yeah, you know, I'll just say me. my last little thing is that on his last point, and I think Jeremiah brought it to me when first time I brought him something about protecting your dream is once you're open and you've got that new mindset you do have to protect it because it's just like a wound that could get infected when Mm -hmm. with the wrong type of thought Mm -hmm. and i know we talk about relationships a lot but about having those right people around you Mm -hmm. and if you've got somebody in your life that's also when you think about businesses and that cry wild crazy and they don't think nothing's too wild crazy for you should probably keep him around. Exactly. Yeah, you know, and I like I like how Micah Micah positions that too, man, because he, you know, he'll always say, "I don't want to be, I don't want to have to pay for everything." You know, I need all my boys to be successful. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't want to pay for everything, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's from experience. <laughs> it's real though. And how much fun? How much fun can you really have when you're paying for everything? You do exactly. have to. You do look at the check, and everybody else not looking at the check. Yeah. You do notice how happy everybody else is. And 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 but at the same time, are they really happy for you? No, they, they're having a good time. Bottles be popping, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so they're, they're happy to they're happy to know you. But yeah. like, no, I yeah. mean, you 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 want to be around other successful people, and yeah. and you will be. And this, the biggest thing is the mindset shift. You yeah. Know, the second thing is making sure you're around people that's going to to support your dream. And, and by and by support your dream, that doesn't necessarily mean buy your product. That is something that mm-hmm. that is. Uh, disappointment normally I see when people do start is mm-hmm. that their friends don't support them. Right. And they're, they're not really not supporting you because they don't believe in you. I didn't give a shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I they, did not care. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, I mean, there's not an unintentional on their part, yeah. but it's not intentional either. Yeah. You know, they do want to kind of see. And if you are and if you are a, a entrepreneur that's always starting something, yeah. eventually people get Entrepreneur oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, and yeah. I know my friends have seen me do a bunch of different shit, and they're like, "Here he goes again with something else." You know, but they, <laughs> they, they say that you know, a prophet's never honored in his homeland, though. Yeah, you true. Know? So you really Facts. can't expect a whole lot of stuff from the people who you came up with. Facts. Yeah. You know? Facts. Yeah. Facts. We see that going around on social media right now, right? Absolutely. Like yeah. your biggest fan is somebody you don't know. Absolutely. Your yeah. biggest hater is somebody that you, you probably do know. Yeah. And don't worry about the haters, man. The haters are absolutely Facts. needed. We, yeah. I know we're running out of time. No, nah, no, nah, you good. Keep <laughs> going. Keep going. Hey, the haters are. It, man, it goes back to y'all. Y'all been hearing me quote this a lot. You know, um, General Heraclitus quote, right? He said, mm-hmm. "Out of a hundred men that show up for battle, mm-hmm. well, when we send men off the battle, out of every hundred men, ten don't belong. Eighty are targets. Nine are fighters, and we're lucky to have them because they make the war. But only one is the warrior. Damn, and he will bring them all home. Mm-hmm. If you're the entrepreneur, if you're the boss, you." Ain't, and if you're not the warrior, you still need to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. But don't hate on the 80 targets, right? Because if those targets ain't there, they're going to shoot at you. Then you the target. You the target. <laughs> so don't worry about the 80 targets. Don't worry about the 10 that don't belong. Everybody is needed. And when I heard that, I, I heard it when I was in my 20s. It didn't mean nothing. Where did you hear that? At? I've never heard that story. That's, I mean. Uh, well, I was listening to uh, David Groggers had repeated it. But okay. I had heard it in the past, but it gotcha. meant nothing to me. Yeah. At this stage of my life, it means everything to me. Right. If Steve was here. Friend of the show, cousin of the show, he Uh would ask the question he always asks: Who are you, man? Exactly, exactly. Who are you? Yo, you you definitely a walking encyclopedia, man. You you have so much information, and we appreciate you for coming on the show, man. We're honored, man, that to have you to have you on, man. And uh, we'll definitely have you on again. This will be something that it'll be an ongoing topic. We're all entrepreneurs, so we're definitely gonna cover it again. Yo, uh, where where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mike Will Inc. I actually drop a little video on there like every day, just trying to get some content up. Okay. On uh, the podcast is the Business Stir Fry Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Podbean right now. We should drop all those to iTunes. We're gonna drop, try to drop them at one time. But um, the Business Stir Fry Pro- Podcast. The only thing we we discuss on there is business and pop culture. And then we normally hit. Uh, an entrepreneur who really nobody knows, and we'll kind of like peel back the layers on that entrepreneur. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, look, I'm a listener. Y'all definitely should check him out. 
And, uh, yo, we're going to get out of here, man. What we riding out to? Yo, uh, real quick, I want to also recommend a cigar. Um, I spoke to, a, you know, a lady colleague, and she was, uh, you know, appreciative that I, I sent something out there for the beginners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that, I'm going to also throw out the uh, CAOs. Some people refer to them as child, but I just... I, I say cow. I hope I don't sound yeah, like an idiot. It's an yeah, because it's an I in child, like, so it yeah, can't yeah, be child. There's a whole other way to spell cow. All these yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the for the lady listeners specifically, if you go into most cigar shops and ask for uh, CAO um, in a cigarello, it's like a cute version, like a you know a version of a cigar. So it's what a little, kind of version? It's a it's, it's a cute version. Okay. Of a cigar. <laughs> What's an ugly version of a cigar? Hey man, look. <laughs> <laughs> We, we we trying to close the podcast. <laughs> you know. I'm mad about that mountain. Yeah, right. But uh, but if you if you ask for like a cigarello, you know, like and they and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. But it's a slimmer version, so it, you know it looks cute in your hand and you know for your pictures and all that. But you can get uh, they have like a moon trans cherry bomb, you know. So those are sweeter, sweeter, more uh, aromatic cigars. All right. So we're going out too, man. Appreciate it. So early. Earlier in the podcast, I messed up this dude's name. I called him Slack, but it, it is it is Black. He's way. You too called tight. him Slack. I did. And you didn't catch it. <laughs> he actually I made definitely a point missed about that. People calling him Six Slack, so yeah. it was still better than that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm a I'm actually a fan of this dude's work. Uh, so I'm uh, he's way too talented to have me messing up his name. Yeah, get 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 my name right, man. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> play this track featuring Jake uh, J Cole called Pretty Little Fears. It's definitely windows open, curtains blowing music, if y'all, in case y'all was wondering. Y'all know how I do. I think in general, most of our joints have been like, like that, that real chill, like laid back. You play Mad Thug music. I do, but I don't do it on the podcast. Stop calling me something common. Common and I did pull a listen to Trap today, though. The baby and the magic bay. I be swinging it back and forth to you and your casket, babe. Mm-hmm. Girl, you on my best side. Mm-hmm. She from the west side. Mm-hmm. Now I just wanna know. Don't you sugarcoat? I say it all if you want. And could you tell me like it is? Pretty little fears. Music to my ears Okay, say it loud, say it proud You want it more, we open door Hit the couch, then the floor I cut it up, like a scissor Love galore, she never bored That's so much shit we can do You free to say whatever, baby, if you asking me No limit when I'm in it, got a masterpiece I'm hoping I don't have a fast release Got me focused like I'm out here Trying to get my master seat mm-hmm. Throwing up the peace out mm-hmm. Girl, I'm from the east side Take the weight up off your shoulder blades and try to store the pain inside of me 
Like why the world do you like that? Like they don't know you God sent, but me I view you like that. I'm sneaking glances, thinking God that he drew you like that. Beautiful black child, come and shed your black cloud. For your vibe and your smile, I don't mind a little rain. I'm your dog, ears perk up at the sign of your name. Count on your main wild fire, can handle your flame. Download your shame, wild high, can drown in your fragrance. You that red pill that a nigga found in the matrix. Before I had you, this shit was fantasy. You plan to see to grow some roots, a branch and leaves becomes a tree of life until our nights are filled with peace from stress and strife and that's the blessing that i get from wife and you cause you entrusted me with the key to your heart beating you smart cause even though i need a new start due to my past transgressions you believed in me i guess the light i see in you is what you see in me lord says she from the west side mm, and she's in my best we want to thank y'all for listening please follow us on your all your social media platforms at digital cigar lounge pod on instagram SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter. Appreciate y'all listening. Peace. Pretty little